Hey everybody, it's Jeff. You've heard me talk before about Row Visual and how they are the LED product that we use at our live events, both on tour and at MXU HQ. Why settle for anything but the best when investing in LED technology for your organization? With their LED products on stages around the globe, Row Visual has quickly become the leader in the live event space. And because many displays are all different, Row products are actually designed with the intention to be able to be used together. This means one less thing to worry about when maximizing the efficiency of your setup. Since Row is a trusted name in the industry, you don't need to worry about them disappearing on you the moment your order is fulfilled. They pride themselves on providing top-notch technical support so you and your team feel confident should a problem ever arise. Learn how you can tap into a more streamlined display experience by contacting Row today at 747-229-9190 or by visiting their website at rowvisual.com. You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 132 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here this time with my co-host, the master of ceremonies, Dadu Worldwide himself, Jay Desai, and our good friend, Gene Kim. How you doing, boys? Hey, hey. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I stayed out past my bedtime last night. <laughs> well, when you guys are on the road together, it uh, tends yeah. to be the case, I think. This is, uh, this is the first time we've ever been on the road together, but it, it won't be the last. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was a little, I was looking forward to the tour with an equal amount of, uh, excitement and, uh, worry. So that's basically has held strong since we started. That's funny. Well, um, you guys are obviously, you know, Gene, you're mixing for Johnny swim. You're kind of their audio engineer, tour manager, all things extraordinaire. And, uh, so Jay, how did you get roped into this Christmas tour? Well, so the, uh, Swim's regular guy is a guy named uh, Greg Lee, who's a longtime dear friend, him and his wife, Becky, both. And <clears throat> Greg is actually out with Amy Grant this Christmas. Oh, nice. And so I am filling in for Greg, which is awesome because I like everyone in the swim camp. We've known each other. We just didn't know, know each other intimately. And it took about, I don't know, 45 minutes on the first day and now we're in that's awesome yeah well it's funny the amy grant tour they were i I, I don't know if it was the first show or one of the first or second show they were in greenville and you know for our family like especially for my wife it's not christmas until you play amy grant's first christmas album like (laughs) while you're decorating the tree that's just sort of the deal and um Russ Long has been mixing for her forever, and that Christmas tour is kind of the like the gold standard for me for yeah you know Christmas so time. Good. So anyway, I, I reached out to Russ because the tickets were sold out. So um, I was like, you know, I don't really expect any comps, but I would love to just come hang out with you. And he's like, this show because it was the only show in the Southeast. I mean, they weren't doing Nashville, they weren't doing Atlanta, they weren't doing Charlotte. So it was like Greenville, and he said it was so full that even Amy couldn't get tickets for friends and family. So wow. there was just no way to do it. So we were disappointed, but anyway, tis the season. Christmas tours are, yeah. are rocking, and you guys are you guys are crushing it. So Amy got um, a Kennedy honor yesterday. Wow, that's amazing! Uh, alongside George Clooney and you two and and someone else. 
it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, but you guys are all over the place. You started kind of in the in the southeast as well. You're in Asheville now, and then you're headed all the way out west eventually. So you're you're putting some miles on the bus for this one. Yeah, yeah, fourteen shows. Um, only like we just finished uh, rehearsals and uh, four in a row. So yesterday was a much needed uh, day off and. Yeah. Jay and I went to a steakhouse and took a nap immediately afterwards, and then we hung out with the DMB folks. So That's even the our best off kind day of day was off. pretty full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. In full disclosure to the listeners at home, we went to a Brazilian steakhouse for a couple hours, and then went back to <laughs> the lunch. hotel and took a nap. Yes, for lunch, yeah. and took a nap and missed this podcast recording. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, so. we were supposed to connect yesterday afternoon at like 3.30, and I'm texting Jay like, okay, are we ready to start? Okay, are we ready to go? Are we doing this? And literally at 5.45, I got a text <laughs> going, um, I slept through it. I'm sorry. But anybody who's, ever, anybody who's ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse, you know, you can't was, be too surprised because that's yeah, we bring had, on the meat sweats. Yeah, the little green, the little card or coin that they give you. Where it's just, it was green for a long time. We got in trouble. Yeah, you never, never sure. flip it over to red. That's yeah. funny. Uh, just so everyone knows, Gene and I are also in the same room, um, but Gene is in the closet. Gene, what kind of iron is that behind you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's Renaissance Hotel's finest up here, right there. Yeah. So. Well, when we uh, when we first logged on, I saw Gene was wrestling with the ironing board to find a place to sit. So, um, you know, whatever you do to get isolated sound, it's yeah, you know, yeah, the closet. Uh, yeah, the things we do takes. for love. Jeff, you're in Atlanta. I only know that because I scheduled to you to be in Atlanta. <laughs> I am, yeah. I was mixing this weekend at Passion City Church, and then tonight is the um, the Christmas edition of The Grove, which is Passion's women's ministry. So I'm here to mix for that as well, and it's going to be great. I was actually able to bring my wife this weekend, so we're getting a little oh, weekend great. away and um, get to see some old friends and mix some good music. And it's, it's funny. I was, it's, it just struck me yesterday, you know, to be in a place that's so familiar because of the history and all the sure. friendships and all the, you know, just great times over the years, it, it was really good for my soul. Like I, you know, it's, it's more than just a Sunday morning. It was like, man, I get to see some old friends and I don't know it, but then the other thing that struck me is I'm surrounded by 12-year-olds. Like, where did all these young people come from? Because it is a completely different generation from when we started back yeah, you know, for sure. 15 years ago, whenever it was. Um, so it's, it's interesting, but we're having a good time. That's great. Uh, where did you eat? Did you go to Agave? No, we, we didn't. We, when we got here Saturday night... Um, you know, I'm a huge Michigan football fan, and so the Big Ten Championship was just about to start when we got here. So we just stayed at the hotel, mm-hmm. got food from the restaurant here, and watched the game. And then last night, we went out with some friends and went to the Iberian Pig. Um, Those yeah, bacon-wrapped dates? Oh, yes, bacon-wrapped dates, um, a little bacon. Is the gun show still open in Atlanta? Yeah. yeah. That's right that's by where, my house. Yeah, that's where I like to eat when I'm there. My my car's kind of the, next door. Oh yeah, 
not really the other side of town from here, but it's not super close. So we wanted to stay fairly close by, but we got to see some good old friends and, you know, it's, it's a couple friend of ours that we were in a small group. We, we were the leaders of their first small group. And so we just have a lot of history with them. They have kids who are Stella's age twins actually. And so every time we're together, it's just like, it's one of those friendships where you just pick up where you left off and I like that. Yeah, it felt so great to be with them and hang out. So, yeah, I've had a really rich weekend. I like that. <clears throat> well, a lot of our conversation out here on the road has been humorous, as you can imagine. But I can imagine. My favorite <laughs> thing, by the way, is I, the, 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 one of the first posts, like first night of the tour, uh, it was a story from the bus, and everybody's in matching Christmas PJs. <laughs> Just sitting down with their, you know, with their beverage in the front lounge with their slippers and their matching PJs. And I was like, Jay is definitely in charge of this moment. This is awesome. Well, what's funny is I wasn't, but it was right up my alley. We all came on the bus after the first show and we all had matching PJs in our bunks. And it was the greatest thing. They bought us these basically sheep jackets. I don't know how to describe them. It was the most comfy thing ever. And Gene, Gene presents himself to the room every time. He, he goes into his bunk, changes, and then appears. It's quite, quite an event every night. <laughs> but yes, we do, we do have a Christmas movie every night. It's, quite, it's a festive tour. I, you know, what I don't have that I need to get, maybe I'll get it here, is I haven't uh, brought any St. Bernardus Christmas ale with me. Uh, that, that will I bet really you can find Christmas. it in Asheville. Yeah. Right. If you can't find it in Asheville, yeah. you're not going to find it anywhere. Um, but Gene and, I, Gene and I were talking yesterday about uh, engineers in general. And, you know, if, if for those of you that don't follow Gene Kim on socials, it is advisable. And just leave a little bit of your sensitive self on the sideline. It should be <laughs> mandatory. Let's just be honest. <laughs> and Gene's been uh, coaching um, audio guys around the country in between all the other things that he's doing. And, and Gene was just talking about how most people think that they're hiring him for the engineering aspect. And Gene gets to that right out the gate. Jeff, I know you do a lot of coaching too, but what he really wants to get down to is what's going on with the person, how much they're working, what are their healthy boundaries. This Christmas time is obviously something that can go very awry in all of those categories. So Gene, what are, what are you seeing currently out there? Yeah. You know, typically uh, an engineer gets hired for their skill set because they know what to do behind a console and, you know, depending on their upbringing and level of experience and, you know, who mentored them, um, you know, church can be pretty tough because you're not equipped to handle all the other stuff that, surround you know it's just like what we do on a day in and day out basis it's like the time you're touching a console is only an hour and a half two hours tops the rest of it is in the truck and pulling stuff so just like you know a church ministry job is pretty can be really unrelenting because there is that organizational side to the job you know meetings spreadsheets emails communicating planning serving and that stuff really just mounts up, especially in this season, just because, you know, it, 
I don't want to say the pressure is on, but definitely the agendas for the people they work with definitely come to the forefront, you know? And yeah, so very much so. A, a lot of the time, you know, I say, Hey, this isn't so much about your job. This is, this is about managing uh, how your wife and your kids view the church. And in this season, if you don't manage how they see the church, their experience of church and, and you know, and God sometimes can get really sideways, you know? And so, you know, I, I get that they're like, you know, wanting me to teach about something that is related to engineering, but <clears throat> really I think this is the stuff that, uh, you know, determines longevity and health, you know, for their staff engineer. And so that's kind of what I've been really harping on, especially at this time of the year with, you know. That's so good. I think so many times, you know, it's easy, especially for somebody who is a little more introverted and a little more technically minded than the average church staff person. Because a lot of people who are in ministry really are drawn to ministry because of maybe gifts of mercy that they have or Mm. a heart for ministry. Whereas technical people have a a brain for ministry maybe, or a, you know, a tech, a technical, more binary mindset. And so it's, it's easy to ignore some of those things because Sunday's coming and because there's another event and because you've got to just keep gear maintained or keep things refreshed or keep, keep the machine moving. And so it requires a different level of intentionality from a person who probably isn't prone to go there in the first place. And so it becomes kind of a double whammy of like, okay, now we're getting even worse off because it's easier to ignore for this maybe personality type. And it's even more necessary because of the demands of the relentlessness of of pulling off our, our production stuff. So it, it can be it can be a black hole pretty quick, maybe f- more so for production folks than other people in the church. Yeah, you're right. I, I think that one thing is, you know, at this time, it's hard to say no. And I know everyone likes to talk about how to say no in a kind manner and, and in a healthy, helpful way. Um, but, you know, like, at least for my wife, you know, like, she's she's keeping count of how many times i say yes to things for work and you know i'm just making small withdrawals from the bank if you will mm. over time you know and you can pitch it to your spouse or your family or your friends or whatever and what however you want to say but really ultimately it's either opportunity or experience or you know something new and exciting it's a it's a risk you want to take with technology it's something but all they're hearing is that you're just saying yes. And when you say yes to something like that, ultimately you're saying no to your responsibilities at home. And when that balance gets really, you know, one-sided for a long period of time, then yeah, it starts to shape uh, the way that you are supposed to love and lead the most, how they view church, you know, your kids just see it and there's nothing you can there's no one, you know, five minute pep talk you can give to your kids to explain because they've just known what it's been like for the last six months. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, if they're young, you know, it. I would say it might be more dangerous because they're getting the feeling of you putting stuff before them and they can't even articulate, you know, like 
yeah. some sort of reasoning about that it's a job, you know, and I think I think engineers need to hear that, especially like you're saying, when they're so introverted and tech minded, um, those things are kind of easy to miss, you know, uh, over time. It's tough. I get it. Well, it's part of the reason why I insisted that my wife come with me this weekend. Obviously, yeah, great. you know, she was, she was available, but we did have to juggle some things. We had to take care of things at home and all that for her to be gone for a few days. But it was, it was just so much better for me that she's here and so much better for her that she got to come. And even though she's not involved in the event or the production or whatever, it's just, you know, the time. You know, because right. like you said, you can explain away or you can rationalize, but it doesn't change the fact that you're gone, even yeah. if it's for a good reason. And especially for a little kid, you know, when that reason is for God in their mind, right. then <laughs> yeah. that makes their perception of God really tricky sometimes because it's Absolutely. like, so, so God's the one that takes dad away all the time. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I want to preface this by saying, you know, I'm not coming from like a high horse of like, this has never no, happened to me. I'm saying like m- myself, this is how I've come to the conclusion. Cause I've been like in this ex- very experience and I don't really know any engineers that I love and call friends that don't experience this. Do you know what I mean? This is, this is a very real thing that we all kind of have to address. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be seasons that don't get a little sideways. I mean, I sure. I think yep. it, there is a practical reality that says, "Hey, there is a job to be done, and there's a lot of work to do." And yeah. you know, it's so it's not an all or nothing proposition. Um, sure. But at the same time, especially when success at what we do feeds our need for affirmation and to get an attaboy and to feel like you're doing a good job and to maybe get promoted. You know that that becomes um, an easy thing to sort of give into, and over time, if we're not aware of the imbalance, that's when it just right. gets really out yeah. of whack. When there's always another gig, right? You know, yeah. E- even for me, I mean, Jeff, you and I, me and Lee have talked about this. For me, not married, single, it's easy to keep saying yes because what pulls you home is a little different for me, but there's always another gig. I mean, I did Mm -hmm. a, I did an absolute horrific job with it this year. As you know, Jeff, like I just post the pandemic stuff. I just kept saying yes. And it's just the, it steamrolled and my year went by so quick. So I think, and yet yet your plan was to not be that way. Like you, you set out literally to intentionally do the opposite and it turned out, (laughs) The wrong way. Like I remember even during the MXU 75 earlier in the year, you were really looking forward to, hey, this is going to be different because I've Mm. experienced what some rest and some, you know, some of that margin was like during the pandemic. I'm going to try to say yes to fewer things that are better rather than Mm. saying yes to everything. And as much as you want to do that, you know, it's like, What's the, is it Romans seven where Paul says that, which I do not want to do, I do. And I don't do what I need to do because I, you know, it's that whole do do passage because it's like, (laughs) it, it's so hard. I I think it's so true. And, 
everything I said yes to, I wanted to do, but just because I can doesn't mean I should kind of thing. Um, Gene, you said something to me two days ago that hasn't left me. And Lee, I mean, Jeff, whichever one you are, I know this to be true for you because I've seen it up close. But Gene said, my, I was like, how are your daughters with you being gone right now? And he said, they're really happy for me. And it was such Mm -hmm. a loaded thing for me because it told me that Gene's relationship with his family was very open communication. They didn't just think dad's going to work. They knew it was something that made him come alive and, and, and the balance obviously, but you said that, can you dive into that a little bit? Like where that premise in your household came from? I mean, I don't want to take credit. I'm I'm sure it's my wife and, (laughs) um, but, you know, I think that was like a real great learning in the pandemic because, you know, regardless of what I did, you know, whether it was roast coffee or mixed bad commercials for RV companies and, you know, I, (laughs) you know, whatever it took to kind of like pay the bills. Um, but I definitely wasn't on the road, um, as much as I normally am. And, you know, you kind of go through some of the, like, you know, the, you just get bummed out, you know, and I think all of us did that, that counted on touring as a portion of our, our jobs, you know, and, um, they really, it really changed the way that my family looked at my job. Cause they realized like, wow, like that's a big part of what dad does. It's not just work. He actually loves the people that he goes out with. He loves the work itself. Um, it's a very rare and unique thing when, you know, it's, you know, obviously it's a job where you get paid. So there's like a financial transaction component to this job, but you know, it's like people you love and music you love, and you're doing this skill that uh, you've worked really hard to develop. And this is kind of like the place where you do that work and it kind of doesn't exist in other places. And they kind of like really got that for the first time. And, um, you know, I think even pre pandemic, my wife would think like you could mix anywhere, like the same as true, whether you're doing a corporate event or you're mixing a commercial or, you know, whatever, you know, it's all mixing to her, but she realized like, Oh, like this, like live show component with these people that you are, you know, kind of doing this creative endeavor is like a real part of who he is. And so, you know, now coming out of the pandemic, going on tour, you know, one, like you said, Jay, it's like you do what you want to do and more of that and less of the stuff that like, you know, isn't, you know, you want to make it count. You want to make your time working count and you want to do the things that are worthwhile. And for me, you know, Johnny Swim or is, is one of those things, you know? And so when these tours come up, they get, they get really excited. You know, it's like, what can we do while you're out, you know, chicken chores, you know, making sure the coffee gets delivered or, you know, on the, on the home side, I think it's actually smoother for my wife when I'm gone, I'm kind of a stick in the mud, but you know, on all other fronts, you know, they've, they're, they're picking up the slack for, for me to go out. And so I really, I really appreciate it on a, in a different way now than, than I had before, you know? So, That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I love, I've loved watching Stella 
comment on mixes too, Jeff, over the years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're the hardest. Yeah, they really are. They're the hardest. Luckily, she it's, comments it's more on other people's than mine. But you know, yeah. we'll be we'll be at church or we'll be at a show, and she'll be like, "Dad, what are they doing with the kick drum?" And it was like, "Oh, wow. my girl! I mean, come yeah. on!" <laughs> That's so good, Gene. Uh, cough, a lot of people know you from your coffee crewbrew dot com. Um, put in a uh, discount code Dadu. And you will probably get charged five percent more. Um, no, I'm going to make that active immediately. That's great. Um, That's how did funny. you get into coffee? We all love coffee on the road. And let me let me say this: we'll, we'll get to coffee in a second. But I've watched Gene do something on the four dates we've done that is great. It goes back to what Corey said that he doesn't like to start mixing until he's been on stage and shaking everyone's hand and gotten to the event. When we get into the venue every day, once we dump the trailer, Gene sets up his coffee setup, and he makes every local a cup of coffee. That's amazing. And the transaction that happens, coffee to local person, changes the dynamic of the day. And Gene said, well, I can't, I forgot the way you phrased it. <laughs> I'm not going to make them a better crew person from our one show, but I can build a relationship and let them know that we're in this together. I thought it was such a good way of saying it. So I admire that about you. Um, some days I'm a beneficiary of said coffee. Sometimes I have to make my own, but it is a uh, very much an en enjoyable thing to watch people come alive because they can't believe that you're, uh, making them a custom, nice cup of coffee. Yeah. What I love about that is that it says that, you know, the local crew person who's really just pushing cases and running feeder and cables right. is just as important in your mind in terms of pulling off the show as the sure. person downstage center with the microphone. And so that, sure. I mean, what that communicates, that is just miles yeah. above and beyond what most what they get from anybody else who comes through the door so that's that's just huge yeah i it i it's really surprising how far it goes but i know abner who um is one half of giant swim and you know his wife amanda they always talk about uh the way we want to serve a city when we arrive and it starts mm. you know with the venue staff and you know, the thing they say over and over, you know, is like, we're here to build not just community, you know, which starts in our own camp, but we're trying to create real communion this evening. And um, there's this like part of, you know, the audience that comes to the show and then like our camp coming together. And then that interaction, something comes out of that. Um, coffee's just been a really weird, fun pandemic hobby turned into i guess you would call it a side hustle now tell, tell us how you got into it oh my gosh so uh i think 2021 so most of 2021 i was out with phil wickham because you know concerts uh, churches were uh kind of the only first places for things to come back you know and um we're at dinner and i'm just telling him what i've been up to and i was like oh i'm gonna i've been roasting coffee and uh you know, I call it crew brew and he just started laughing and, uh, 
you know, he got super excited about it because I was saying it was, it's just like mixing in a lot of ways. You know, there's, there's a smart curve. If you look at it right, there's, I mean, it's, it's very interesting, the parallels, but um, what he didn't gather from that conversation was this was like my retirement plan when my ears didn't work anymore. And he was so <laughs> pumped about it that he had, you know, like the next Monday after our weekend of shows, he came back and posted some really nice things and was like, is there like a social media thing? Like, can I tag it? And I was like, I have like a placeholder for fun. And he, he tagged it. And the next thing you know, I've got a few hundred DMs asking, where can I get this coffee? And I kind of panicked because I wasn't, that was not in my headspace. That's amazing. And then, uh, and then, so I was like, well, I don't have a ton of shows this month. I'll just throw up a landing page and start taking the orders and, and kind of force my hand. Uh, and so I did. And, and, you know, people like you and Lee and, you know, our whole community of, you know, engineering friends have been so supportive and, you know, now we're an MXU partner and we do stuff with Mike Reynolds or World Vision or Compassion. I mean, it's really, it's really fun. But at the, at the core of it, like Jay said, it's, it's just like coffee for the live event community, you know, and it's, and it's for us. And yeah, I mean, you know, shows, I mean, it, it takes a lot of coffee to pull these things off. So, well, the great thing about it is it's delicious. Like it's some of the best well-roasted coffee <laughs> uh, in the game. You. So you're doing such it. a great job. I love it. I appreciate it. I, um, since we're live on air here, Gene, let's just, let me just ask a very pointed question. What are the chances of Dadu World guy getting his own blend? That's very easy. <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy. That's very easy. Cool. I'm not going to come roasted or anything. Let's get that clear. Oh, I, I I understand. It's a very much a white glove situation. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Just make <laughs> well, sure, just making things, sure we got all the particulars. <laughs> one of the things that I loved about the the bags of coffee that we gave away on the MXU live tour is the descriptions, like the tasting notes of the coffee. So, Gene, off the top of your head, what would be the tasting notes for the Dadu Worldwide Roast? Yeah, a lot of a lot of big bottom. So I think you know forty hertz. <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of chocolate notes of uh, at forty hertz, and then I like uh, it. I would I would say there would be some uh, tobacco spice from about twelve k on, and then uh, okay, just like a real balanced, uh, like you know, if you were to say two kinds of coffee, fruity and very like savory, Dadu blend would be a very savory blend. You know, we're, I like we're it. Yeah, I. You know, I tend to describe Jay sometimes as um, a burnt marshmallow, where <laughs> it's kind of really kind of dark and crusty on the outside, but once you get to the gooey center, uh, yeah. it's just you yeah, know quite sweet. the experience. So yeah. maybe we put could me add on a cracker and deceive me. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I love it. Well, we need to make that happen for sure. Oh, that's amazing. Well, and for those that have gotten to know Gene, he's just good at everything he does. So if there was one thing you could do next, what would it be? Coffee, mixing, what else? Yeah, I think, you know, I think I remember watching kind of the early versions of Sonnet House and I thought it was so cool. And then how it's kind of turned into MXU and, um, you know, I think the, as I get older, you know, and, and I, like I say, gray comes into my beard and, uh, my kids get older and I have a little bit better handle on, 
you know, ministry and perspective and things like that. I, I really just, it's, it's been on my mind and heart to just be a more active coach for our community. Cause ultimately this like church production community is my community, you know? And I was telling Jay, I was like, all of us could start coaching tomorrow or, and, and I know all of us are coaching and it's still not enough. Like we could do yeah. coaching for like for the next 20 years, like anyone older who still loves Jesus and still believes in the church and is a competent engineer can mentor people. And I just, I just think that's kind of like what I'm supposed to be doing right now. You know, coffee just seems to be like a, a weird use of my time, but it's more like a hobby, you know, and I, I don't know how long I'm going to be mixing for, but I still love it. I still, I mean, I still get really excited about that creative thing that happens with an artist, you know, dreaming something up and then executing it and then going back to the, the green room or the bus and being like, what can we do better? Or, oh, that really landed today. Let's try that. Or, you know, let's swap guitars for this song. And, you know, all that stuff is just still really fun for me. Yeah, that's amazing. One of the things that I love about coaching is that um, obviously, you know, you're, you're pouring into people and you're helping them get better. But um, a couple things for people who maybe what you just said ignited something in them to go, man, I would love to be a mentor for somebody. How, what was that look like? I think one of the things that makes it so cool is that first of all, the best way for you to know that you really know something is to have to teach it. And so it's like, if, once you start trying to explain your workflow or to explain, right. especially to a brand new person, here's mm-hmm. how this works. You're going to really be able to challenge yourself in what you actually know, which is great. Yeah. But then the other thing is you never know how much you're going to reveal about your self and your process until mm-hmm. you really have to answer questions from people. It's like when they go, okay, why is that? Mm-hmm. It really does challenge you to go, Man, I don't I don't know if I know why. Or mm. I have a really good idea of why and I'm gonna right. figure out how to explain it. So it's it I, I feel like in coaching, you're what what I experience is I get as much or more from it as the person I'm trying to impart to gets. And that very much that so. is that's a transaction that is sometimes really surprising and sure. every time super fulfilling. Yeah, you're right. I it's I I'm startled at how sharp these engineers are, you know, and and what they bring to uh, the process of engineering. It's always pretty impressive, you know. And and again, a, a lot of times it's it's all the other stuff that really makes a difference, you know. Like if you're in a really rough place at home, or your health is not in great shape, or um, you're having trouble with, you know, the people you call supervisors on the org chart, or, you know, even your direct reports are getting a lesser version of you. Like those things kind of show up, you know, and you can't have that yeah. clear head of an approach to, you know, mixing, you know, at the end of the day, getting that job. And yeah, it's, it's really interesting, but mentoring, you're right. It's very, you, as a mentor, you get so much. And I think what's, important for people to understand out there is you could be a mentor at any age. If you're 20, there's a 15 year old. If you're 60, 
there's a 50-year-old. If you're 35, there's a 28-year-old. And so I just think, you know, you can you can lead and, and coach and mentor at any age. You know, you just have to be a few that. steps ahead of the person that you're working with, you know. I love it. Well, we need to figure out how to get you more intentionally involved in coaching for some MXU folks because I know, you know, <laughs> the – the the things that you have to give and the things that people will learn are just it, you're you're just such a a great resource for that. Um, I want to go back to something that you said about Abner and Amanda and their desire to really kind of serve the community in which they're mm. showing up to, yeah. to to play for. Um, I love their music. Like personally, for me, if I'm on the golf course or Playing play music around the house or sitting by the fire pit or what, like that's always my first go to. Once I got tuned into what they're doing and what you guys do live, it was like, man, this is, this is awesome. But my, my point is, I feel like the thing that you're describing, I can hear in their music. Like there's just a, there's a heart, there's a family, a, there's a, it's a thing. Part of it is because they're married, I think, but that, that mission and that vision that they have of how they serve their audience comes out in the sound of their music. Can you talk for a minute about why you think that is or how they're just intentional about making that happen? Because I think that's some of what's the most compelling thing to me about their music right. is that you're drawn in as, as a friend, as a family, as a, right. it's more than just a good song, right? So I, mm. that, that to me is the art of it. So talk for a minute about that. Yeah, they, you know, Abner, uh, his father was a, a pastor and um, he kind of grew up in the church and led worship, you know, growing up. I think that's a lot of that is baked in. Uh, yeah. Amanda, you know, obviously has done the same thing, has led worship, grown up in church. Her mom, Donna Summers, uh, was really a great mom. You know, I just, I, I, any story I hear of Donna, it's, it's, it's something like there's so much wisdom that was passed on. And then together, I think um, for, for the both of them, I think they've worked really, really hard to, to, you know, they didn't rely on radio hits and, they really grinded it out on the road. And so every bit of, you know, whatever you want to call it, success or, you know, ability to to make a living playing music, really, um, they've really worked for it. And um, and so they really are grateful for it. And so they come, come at it from such a different point of view, you know, and yeah. um, or maybe not a different point of view, like they're unique in that way, but I think a lot of people share that. But... They really, you know, from even the the band hires to, you know, the crew to the people that they work with, I mean, they really set the, I mean, they take care of us, like you said. I mean, it's things like the fuzzy pajamas and, and you know, making sure we have the food that we like or, you know, going out to eat, you know, like even a lot of tours I've heard off days, people just kind of scatter, like we still hang out, like you know, and, um, but we've really, you know, they've, they've just really tried to figure out ways to serve. I think that's just ultimately what it is. And I think somehow they've, 
they put that into their music, but I, I awesome. can't speak high enough about them. They're really something else. There's so much that church teams can learn from that. Just that model of, first of all, starting from a place of gratitude, you know, they're not, they're not taking anything for granted because they had to work so hard to get where they are. But yeah. then the posture of serving first right. and not, not being served, not being the star, not being the one who yeah. gets all the attention there. It's such a, it's such a kingdom model really of, especially in the music business, it's really an upside down yeah. approach where they're, they're starting with this, place where Jesus would start, you know, and that, man, that comes through, even though they're not singing quote worship songs, Sure, their, their appeal and their heart is more evident to me as a listener sometimes than the, you know, top songs on K-Love. And mm. that's, that's kind of a weird thing to say, but um, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. I love it when they'll come out for soundcheck and they'll just say like, Hey Gene, what do you need to hear? You know, and, you yeah. know, like this run, we're not carrying PA and they, they just know I've got a different rig every night. And, and they're really thinking like, hey, like, which one do you want to hear? Do you like this guitar? Do you like that guitar? Like, do you need me to sing on the downstage mic? Like they really, you know, they're, it's, I'm grateful. But yeah, what you're saying is absolutely correct. It's, it, they are trying to serve even their crew. As a newbie coming in, I have loved like Abner and Amanda just are always saying thank you to everybody. Their crew, house crew. Abner is always bear hugging people. Which y'all know <laughs> I don't I don't like being touched. So um I just think it's a precious way to live, the way they're living. Their family was out with us, Jeff, which if I told anyone there were three kids, seven all the way down to three, plus mom and sister with us for the first four shows on a bus. It was what you would consider madness. And yeah, on most tours, that would be like the thing everybody dreads. Yeah. We did we, no one on this tour dreaded it because the way Abner and Amanda do life is very precious. Like his mom is so every morning, his mom and our bus driver would be talking. Mm. It was incredible. That's and his amazing. Sis, <laughs> sisters helping with the kids. And it's just a really sweet way to live life. And they've translated it to everything all the way to the stage. My favorite moments on stage are they, they have this little couch and they sit on this couch and just sing to the audience. And Gene uh, just got a new mic. I guess we're going to try it today. But we, yeah. <laughs> we have an ear trumpet labs mic out. If you've never used one of those, they're fantastic. Uh, Great people. We got yeah, great people. We got a new model uh, that we're going to try today, but they're just singing, sitting on the couch in front of a microphone, singing to the audience. And I think if someone came backstage, they would see the exact same thing. And I absolutely That's love awesome. that about them. So I have really enjoyed my time with them. It's been super precious. Um, um, we have to get to the bus here soon, but Gene, what are you hoping for under the tree this year? Besides me. <laughs> <laughs> I, i've been um you know as much as i rant about waves i use waves all the time at home you know in the studio as much as i rant about gear i have kind of a sweet tooth when it comes to gear i 
I like all the extravagant, unhealthy things that are maybe not practical to have. And so uh, my latest kick right now, and this will be fun for all the nerds, is integrating uh, guitar pedals into my front of house rig. And so, um, you know, I get to talk to all my guitar playing buddies about what weird reverb for a guitar pedal is really cool. And um, yes, I've been, I've been doing a lot of that. And uh, it's, it it might as well be saying like, I'm really into like analog synths, you know, it's just a deep, dark hole of just, I get why you start to go down things like that. It's like, uh, where's Gene? We got to reel him in. (laughs) We are, we are in the home of analog synths, Asheville, North Carolina. That's right. Thank you, Mr. Moog. But yeah, I, I think those are the things that are on my brain in terms of, you know, flipping through the old uh, gear, gear things. So yeah. so talk for a minute about how you're implementing that now. Like when oh, you say, because yeah. somebody might not even know, like, how would I even do a guitar pedal at front of house? Like, what have you found and what are, what are you actually using that right. is making a difference in your yeah, mix? Gain, uh, so I like to use um, delays or... And I'm not doing delay throws. I'm doing really small delays that feed reverbs. And I love reverbs. So, you know, for the nerds out there, you know, a Bricasti or a a PCM-96, these are glorious, huge-sounding, big reverbs that are super expensive. But when you start stacking really big reverbs on top of even bigger reverbs, the impact of that fancy reverb gets less so. And these guitar pedals, they're really sophisticated now. But they're modeling like a 70s spring or they're modeling like, you know, an old PCM, like something like a earlier gen eventide box or, you know, something like that. And so I found that um, for little things like snare or guitar or things like that, these guitar pedals have such a cool vibe and texture and saturation um, that is making the space a little bit more um, interesting from front to back, you know, they're, and they're not taking up all this bandwidth of your mix. Like, you know, I still like a big fancy reverb on lead vocals, but maybe the short spring with like a little hug to it, you know, that throws like a little semitone pitch on the sides. Those things are really cool when you have like a guitar pedal, that's almost a low fi and, um, uh-huh. and the way it comes in and out of your console is kind of cool. It radio makes a box, um, that will turn, you know, XLR line level into like instrument level, but it's got some gain because as you know, like a guitar player, like kind of the way they're manipulating the input gain and how hard they hit these guitar pedals is kind of the sound, you know, and then the sound. Yeah. Right. And then, um, and so within that loop path, you've got to input and output like, cause it's an active box, you know, and so it's got some gain control. And so, it really makes the integration of all these weird guitar pedals pretty seamless and fun, you know, but like I've built it into a Pelican, like a 1510. Um, I really need to, after this run of shows, I'll build it into my front of house box, you know, with all the outboard, but, but yeah, that's kind of, it's, it's just been really fun. And, you know, instead of spending four grand for a, a reverb, you're spending 300 bucks or 150 bucks and just being like, what does this button do? And it's, you know, and again, like, going back to Corey, like it's been really great for just the relational side of things because, you know, now I'm talking to guitar players, you know, like our MD about a weird pedal that, you know, 
death by audio or walrus or, you know, Strymon. And, and it just kind of like creates this like conversation that I don't think we would have had earlier. And that's so, so cool. yeah, that's kind of what, if, what I've been tinkering with. <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, I know you have to go get on the bus for a show, but Gene, it's been awesome as always to chat. Uh, What's the best way for people to reach you and hang out and order some coffee? Yeah, crewbrew.com um, is one way to do it. And you can always DM me on special uh, code Dadu. Dadu, yeah, two Ds, obviously. <laughs> and uh, three Ds. <laughs> oh, yeah, three Ds. You're right. And then, uh, and then uh, Tambourine Phil on Instagram is kind of the best way. And if there's any engineer out there that could use a phone call, just DM me. I'll, I'll pick up the phone. I, I'm super, I'm a super fan of Bob Goff. And so, you know, he's just kind of informed a lot of the things i do on social i don't know if he knows that but <laughs> that's awesome i'll tell him but he's currently well, not talking to me we're in a fight <laughs> oh what'd you do yeah exactly what'd you do I'm, yeah 100 percent. i did it <laughs> hey it is christmas time um jeff and i was thinking the other day and i need to do this because i've been in tour mode but i think it would be cool if our i you know i talk about this at our events a lot I would love to zoom out one day and just see the ripple of our community. So for those that are listening, do this, write a note, a handwritten note, no text, or stop by and drop something off for uh, an engineer or a volunteer at your church that you don't know, not someone you know, or someone you haven't talked to in a while. Obviously, if they work at a church, don't walk in there with a six pack and leave it on their desk maybe just hide it <laughs> hide it at their car for them but uh let's spread the christmas cheer and let's let each other know we're cheering each other on so find a church little you don't MXU know secret santa yeah it's yeah. great and just awesome. just tell them you're in their corner i think it's easy for us to put our head down and manage the 11 services we have in one day so let's just love on each other a little bit be a little santa um if you want to send me something i'll be happy to put my address online I love it. <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much. And uh, man, until next time, have a great rest of the run. I hope to see you out there. I would love to come and yeah, not just get my uh, get my mileage credit for Delta so I keep my status, but to maintain my status with you two in person because that's always Ooh, a amen. fun time. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. All Talk right, to guys, you soon. Take care. Bye.